The Jawbreaker. Yeah. yeah. Gobstoppers were the ones that had, like, it started out one color, one flavor, and then you go a little bit deeper, and it's different color and different Yeah, and you, you take it out of your mouth to look at it. Exactly. And your hands are all sticky. Exactly. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I remember. Some candies are stupid. Let's talk about candies today. <laughs> Okay, welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm Don Griffin. Here's my new thinking on candies. It's sort of depressing. Okay, let's hear it. I decided... Is it racist? No, it's just sad. Okay, let's hear it. I... I wanted... (laughs) I wanted... I want to be the family that gives out good stuff at Halloween, right? I don't want to be like the toothbrush family. No. Okay. That's evil. Right. So I want to get good stuff, but I also have been thinking a lot about sustainability and like what what's reasonable for me to have slash get okay. in general. Okay. And should all the things that I have be... Sustainable? ethical at least i should get fair trade chocolate but the reality is what the hell is fair come on it's it's where you pay a wage that is reasonable to the farmers instead of saying you know you're gonna you're only gonna be able to afford one candy bar and you're gonna have to break it up and make the kids share basically they're so (laughs) so like the bag for nine dollars is this bag that's like the size of a a brown paper grocery sack full the amount that's like one handful from that bag mm-hmm. are the fair trade ones. And those are, it's a dollar ninety nine, and it's like, I don't know, a handful of chocolates. So I was thinking maybe if we can't afford to have ethical chocolate, then we can't afford chocolate. Like maybe we need to start thinking that way. If I've already used up my space in the landfill, like because I just keep throwing oh, crap dear, away. Geez, you're killjoy. No, killjoy. <laughs> but I... There has to be some way that we can think about it that does that isn't crippling. And I think that actually that gets into what I want to talk about today. Okay. Sort of. When I say, oh, I can't afford to buy fair trade chocolate, maybe I say I can't afford chocolate. And we talk about how much things actually cost. Because part of what we do is we don't talk about what they cost. When does it stop? But we were talking last week about okay. Ellen... I I left it thinking a lot about a needle, like imagining like there's a social justice speedometer and and we want to get it over to what's the highest that a speedometer goes on your car? Which car? The fancy one, the fast one. Mm, It can hit 174. We want to get social justice over to 174. People that talk about social justice don't talk about the speed of their cars. They talk about the miles per gallon. (laughs) Okay, we also wanted to have really good miles per gallon. (laughs) On a highway, right? There we go. (laughs) So, 
we want to move the needle. Like the people over at zero miles an hour, it's just because when I'm talking and you can't see me and I'm used to being able to use my hands mm-hmm. to describe things, I'm trying to come up with visuals that Her I can hands use. are amazing. <laughs> when you're moving them, I can see the speedometer. She's moving it back and forth in the like Constantly, a windshield because... wiper. So we want to get it back down to zero. Like we we it's at zero with some people like Trump is like at a negative and some people are coasting along at like 40 and it's easier to get like those people to move it's easier to get someone at 40 to move up to like 55 and then someone at 55 to maybe move up to 70 than it is to get someone at zero to move to 70 okay can i ask you this yes if you're a woman do you automatically start at 50 do I get a start miles. because people are sexist? You mean exactly? I th- I think I think maybe because so I think there's some people that already have an understanding because of who they are, right? And and Kevin's gonna have fun editing this because because I think it's like one of those Northern Exposure episodes where okay. you're sitting there through the whole thing going like, what the hell are they talking about? Why are they doing this? And at the end, it all comes together, and you're like. Oh, I'm trying to figure out where it because it's all, all this is only in your head right now. I know, I know, but we're, we're gonna get there. I we're think we're gonna get it out. I thought we were, st- I'm still on chocolate right now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <sighs> crap. Why are you crapping? It, it was good. We were going somewhere. Okay, well, okay, so up. there's two things there's the needle and where like where different people are. And then you said the thing about women getting to already start with a head start so I messed because, you up. <laughs> because of sexism and. I think that's good to understand that you have advantages, but you also have to speak. You you, you can't discount the things that happen in your life that are not advantages. That's probably a discussion that me and you can't have in a sense that I think we need another, we need, we need a sister in here to, so that you guys can have that discussion and you guys can talk about That'd be, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because by um, I can't discount your experience as a woman. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I have right. to Same. acknowledge that. And even though I have an experience as a black man, and, and I've got a lot, you know, that I can't discount the stuff that you go through on on, on, a, on a daily basis. Right. And the I same can, for me. Yeah. And you. Like, I can't discount yours. And I don't know what it's like. And I'm learning as we have these conversations. But you can listen. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Sometimes it's just the conversation that we're just yes. having a conversation. These are conversations that people want to have anyway. Maybe that'll spark people to have some conversations with people they don't know. Because we're not saying we have the answers. No. At all. But we're just sitting down and talking. It's kind of like a freaking Seinfeld episode where it's about nothing. And that's what's that's what I enjoy about this is that we get to sit around and talk too. But we were talking about the work of helping people change and helping people get over to a really fast speed. And that it's it's hard to pull someone from zero all the way up. But as if they're a little bit higher, then you can move them a little bit more. And and the same with me and thinking about like everything that I've put in the landfill and how can I get out of bed in the morning. And the way all those things come together for me is that I have to be able to see that there is a lot that I can't control. Like there, There's a lot. 
it doesn't mean that I say, well, hell with it. I think there was like an essay a, a few weeks ago about like, just live your life and don't worry about it. Hmm. That's not, I don't think that's helpful. But I also think that becoming completely paralyzed isn't helpful. And I think that if I live my entire life self-flagellating and that I'm, I'm no use to anybody. And so finding those smaller pieces that I can do, the little, the 15 miles per hour that I can scoot someone or the the shifting of my thinking so that I understand that chocolate actually isn't that cheap to pay farmers what it costs to make the beans and to do this is not, it it shouldn't cost, you know, a dollar for a bag of chocolate chips, even though that's really what I want it to cost. And that if I want chocolate in my food, that maybe I should see it as something that gets added in Sometimes, but not in every meal. <laughs> and that, and so I, I understand that it's expensive and I, and I use it more sparingly. And hmm. it's the same with like what I throw in the landfill, that I understand that it's going to be there for centuries. I was thinking that about like pharmacy bottles that, that you know, you get like... Okay. When you're older, you get like hundreds of those a year. I know, and, but can, can I... Okay. I'm going to make an observation. It's probably not going to be popular, but okay. <laughs> I mean, we can try the best that we can. Okay. But mm-hmm. it, it, at the end of the day, we're just parasites <laughs> on the earth. We're nothing more than fleas on the earth. We're, we're actually bad. If we really want to save the earth, we'll just leave it. It's like two thirds of the like dystopian superhero movies. Like the hero decides I'm gonna kill everybody because I love the earth. Well, I mean that's that's where that's if you're not careful, that's the mentality that you have. The chocolate thing was really helpful to me because for me, when I was in the store and looking at the fair trade chocolate and I have this thing that I do. I do it mildly on Halloween, but it definitely ramps up even more around Christmas where I, I get, and I think this is a symptom of our way of being here. I start to think that a thing that if I get that thing or those things, Halloween will be fun. If I have the right candy, it's going to be fun. If I have the right decorations, it's going to be fun. If I have just the right present, it's going to be fun. And then I start, it's like this really competitive feeling like I have to get this. I have to have this and I have to find a good price for it and make sure that I that I can get the most that I can for my money. As and, you're describing it, I'm, you're scaring me. Because okay. it's, 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 yeah, I, I see the intensity. Right, you're I like, wish I don't want to be around you when you're could, like this. could see the intensity of, of how she feels about getting the right. No, but I'm, well, I'm not teasing like you. Well, it's like when something hurts and you start to think... Um, and I think lots of parents go through this. For me, the easiest example is when you've got like a two-year-old who's, who's biting mm-hmm. and you order like 15 chew toys from a special sensory catalog online for kids that need more sensory input in their mouth. Um, and also a bunch of books on positive discipline and uh, not that I have any experience with this. 
I never would have done that. <laughs> but like those things will help your child not suffer by being, you know, the social outcast that's mm-hmm. biting all the other children. And you're going to buy these things to help fix that problem. And, and I fall into that. And that's what was happening when I was in the store looking at the chocolate, because I was like, the kids will like me more if I get this giant bag of Kit Kats, because everybody loves Kit Kats. Like, how, how sustainable is that? Can I do that? And then I was looking at the fair trade chocolate, and I was like, well, I have to buy the Kit Kats because I can't afford the fair trade chocolate. And then I thought had that thought, what if chocolate is just expensive? And maybe some of what we'll have is Smarties, (laughs) you know, or gobstoppers Mm -hmm. or something that doesn't necessarily involve um, chocolate. No one send me messages about sugar or corn syrup because I don't, I'm just taking this one step at a time. I can't do more than this right now. But, and and it, it was a shift for me instead of like, I can't afford this and I need it. It was more like chocolate's expensive and special and I'll get it sometimes. To me, it felt like I was looking at it really differently than in a have to, like, I have to have this because I have to give it to the kids. And I mean, do we do that a lot for everything? Well, or do we fix our families? Is is that a pattern? I see that a lot. We try to fix our families by purchasing things for Christmas, by going into debt for I see that a lot. You right, know, like sending them to a college that's gonna out of fix, your financial this reach. This is going to fix yeah. everything. This is going to bring happiness to my... It sounds like holidays were really important to you. or they, they were like game changers as a child. There's something to, you know, wanting everything to be magical at holidays. And I... But, but my point is that it wasn't so much changing the actual behavior for me... Although I did, I didn't buy the big bag of Kit Kats. I bought the little bags of fair trade chocolate and I bought a whole bunch of Smarties. For me, like a shift in how I was looking at it. And that's, that's what I'm trying to get at with the, with the RCT and with the helping people move on the meter of social justice. Because there's a a big urgency to it. There's an urgency to the landfill and to the climate change and to every time I drive my car and all, there's an urgency there and it's important. And when I look at it that way in this uh, like hierarchical either or win lose way, I get stuck and I, and I'm paralyzed. But if I look at it in more of a, I am part of, even if I'm a flea, I'm some parasitic flea on the earth, but I'm, I am a part of this big system and I want to do my best by this big system. Like I want to bring out my best and I want to do what's best for the environment around me. And that, that means I want to reduce what I'm throwing away. And I want to think more carefully about how the foods I get are packaged and where they come from. And with the people part, the RCT is like this change from the idea that we have to change people. Like we've got to get in there and and make them think differently. We need them to appreciate relationships. We need them to be present in their lives. Like there are all these things we really want them to do. And it's not that the things we want them to do are wrong. I mean, they're all great ideas. 
It's that we're coming into it with this idea that we have to make people do it. I didn't think that RCT did that. I it doesn't. That's what I'm are saying. Supposed to listen. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I thought we're right. We're so supposed that's... to come to the person, try to go to where that person is. Yeah. And meet in the, somehow meet in the middle. Find our find what we both care about. This is what I'm learning from you. After okay, yeah. mm-hmm. right, and start from there. Yes. Get to know the person. Kind of tear away the things that we don't like about each other and then i get back to the the landfill fill is really full of racists and there's no more room for more so we have to fix them right away like okay. i can't listen to what they're thinking because if i stop thinking about it in this binary hierarchical way and i just am and i'm connected with what's going on around me and with the people then change can happen then i can make better decisions then we can work together to find common solutions and this is where i've been frustrated in trying to communicate this piece of what rct can bring to the process i think because i'm bumping into it usually with men no no offense dear it's fine i'm a dude i understand this (laughs) But it generally goes like me saying, here's this piece of emotional work that I would like you to do. Like, I don't order people around in therapy, so it's not like that. But like in a conversation that I might be, I might say, here's, here's something that I would like is for, for you to try to access this. Give us an example. Go ahead and give us an example if you can without, you know what I mean? I know that when I was... Uh, young newlywed that my friends and I would talk a lot about how um, we couldn't go home and talk about our days because as soon as we did our husbands would step in and be like oh well have you tried this have you tried that and it feels to me like they fail by saying hey I noticed you wanted me to do something but I'm not comfortable doing that so instead I'm going to offer you some solutions and and the message, like the negative message that I have internalized <laughs> on hilarious. it is that taking the time to deal with your feelings is a waste of time and that we shouldn't be doing all of this talking and connecting with each other because there's bad stuff up there out there and we need to fix it now. And And it's the same, it's the same energy that goes with my... I can never throw anything away again because the landfill's full. It's full now. We have to stop. Like, it's the same stuck in fear. So you have to have a concrete solution. Like, I think it's fear-based. I think men are scared. I think I... I mm, yes, probably. I, I, I don't think we like dealing with things that we can't fix. And we don't want to stay still. I don't. I don't want to be. Uh, I, I don't like other people moving my cheese, so to speak. There's this book called. Have you heard about it? <laughs> the book, like for a million years, the Who Moved My Cheese. Yes, yes, yes. Like you, you don't want someone else to move to, your cheese to, to be in control of everything. We want to be in control. There's certain there's certain type of guys that right. need to always be I'm but, one but of the, those guys that needs to fix it. Okay, but the truth is Don't say I can't fix it. What's the truth don't about s- control? 
I don't know. What's the truth about control? It's that you're not in control. But I can be in control about... In... in, in yeah. <sighs> don't do this. <laughs> so, because... Okay, so my parents, they're, they're, they're religious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm religious. You know, I believe in God and Jesus, but also other things. <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, they, they, they have the, they believe God will take care of it. Okay. And, and you know what? And that it really does happen for them. Gosh, darn it. It always happens for them. But I'm of the, I, I want to go ahead and I think God gives me the power to take care of things or he wants me to help out, so to speak. And so I right. will, I, that, that's, that's where I'm at. I think God gives me the strength to go ahead and, 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 and fix things. Okay. Does that make sense? I think, though, that, that that's... Is that different than what we're talking about? We just It's kind of like a, a damn paper. We have to have a, a beginning, and then we have to have the three things that support what we're talking about, okay. and then we have so, to conclude. All right, so you want my paper for this week? Let's hear it. My paper is that we think about everything the wrong way. And that when we think about things the wrong way, it hurts. It hurts us. It hurts the world. It hurts our ability to do good things. Because we're thinking of it wrong. Because we're thinking of it in this hierarchical, binary, is it good or is it bad? Is it right? Is it wrong? Pie chart way of thinking. When really we don't live in a pie chart, we live in an ecosystem where things are coming in and out and impacting each other, constantly changing each other and constantly changing the entire system. And that is why for me to get like really stuck in this, like there's a part of me that when I think about sustainability and our planet and the damage that we've done that I want to take my kids out of school not let them have anything that hasn't already been like used by someone else so that nothing new is being produced for for our use because we don't really need it and not have toys my dad used to say I only wanted toys that weren't any fun for the kids <laughs> for the kids that's a whole nother thing but like I I react so strongly and I overreact and I get stuck in fear and that's because of thinking about it in a pie chart at best but even more so like a binary this or that way and and that is that is our culture our culture is like steeped in competition and who's the best and who has the most and what's the latest and all of this so that we feel like we have to to participate in that in order to have worth then that spreads into social justice work too. We think that we have to we have to solve the problems and and the problems are caused by this thinking because it's this kind of thinking that makes us group people into like groups and then list them according to value. So it's because of this kind of thinking that we say the normal person is white and that everyone else is little lesser. Maybe some are a lot lesser. Some are just a little lesser. And if we thought about it instead as this larger system with lots of different things in it, I don't know how we move forward, but it's not linear. I know that what we're doing doesn't work. 
And what I hear is people digging into what we're doing. And that's what happens when I get frustrated with, in particular, men who are like, listen, little lady, I have a solution. And you should listen to it because it's very helpful to you. And actually, I'm a feminist. So really, you should listen. And it's it's not that their solution is wrong. Their solution might even be the thing that we do. It's just that it's steeped in a, I have to win this conversation. It has to do, it has to go my way. It's in, it's caught up in certainty and fear, which is what I'm doing with the chocolate. Yes. You're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. I do it all the time. And so it's okay for me to complain about it. But I, I get what you're saying. Everyone is so, I think what you're saying is everyone is so dug in to their thought, to, to what they think is right. And they're even willing to not even look at the possibility that they could be wrong. And it happens on the left, it happens on the right, and it happens in the middle. How is it that we became so lucky to be right? To, like, have the right opinions on everything? How did, how did we get so lucky? And, and I was sort of kidding. But also, if you look at yourself, don't you sort of think that, like, when I look at myself, I think, there's room there's room for people to think differently, but in the end, like I'm right. You I mean, know, I'm, I'm open, right about women. I tell you what, I, I am and, open to the fact that I am wrong sometimes. I'll t- I'll tell that to people on a daily basis. Like I'm gonna try, we're gonna try this, but I don't mind being wrong. Like I don't mind, but I, I don't mind, also don't mind giving my opinion. Yeah. And I've seen you change your idea. Oh, I do. I, you do. You, I, I work in fact, hard you on sit being there and go, Yeah, you sit there and say, did I say the right thing? I'll I listen to this okay. later and I'll say, oh, I sounded so certain when I said that. And I'm railing against certainty. Yeah, but I think we, we got there finally, but I think we're, we're on to something here. All right, so now do we have uh, our paper I for this I think we have week? our paper and the fact that we are, we're not flexible enough. We're, we're, we're all closed off to other people's ideas. Now, I... I gotta say, if you... If your idea is to worry about other people... You know what I'm saying? Like worry, worry how? Worry about the the the, the safety and, and the comfort of oh, other okay. people that are not you. I think that's a start. When you start thinking about... How is this not only good for me, but how is this good for everyone? Yes. How can you be wrong? Yeah. If you're thinking, how am I improving the lives of of everyone? How am I making this better? Now, that can't paralyze you because that's another problem. What you're telling me about your chocolate, yeah. <laughs> it's almost paralyzing me because I'm going to go out and get myself some, some, some damn Kit Kats. <laughs> All right, you can get this the ch- podcast sponsored by, by Kit Kat. Because <laughs> after this, no one's going to go buy the fair trade it stuff. It sounds awful and chalky. It's, it's not. It's it's better. It's just like when you is buy it, the organic vegetables. Is it African chocolate? I didn't look. Oh my god! See, African chocolate's like the best chocolate in the entire okay. world. Right. Okay, but that's okay. Right. That. If it says paoli on it, I'm going to be so mad at you. Paoli? Indiana. (laughs) Chocolate (laughs) made in Indiana. Yeah. But, okay, getting back to what we're talking about, right? I mean, if, if, 
I mean, I, I, we're sounding like Buddhists. Maybe that's what we're becoming. Well, I, huh? Yeah, I am. I think I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, in the sense that treating everyone right is, is, is a, is a big, is a big thing. Having an open mind. If you boil it down, most religions have the same ingredients of, of wanting to, I mean, I get, I mean, you could be cynical they, and say they are when they're right. It's when right. they start, it's, it's, it's when you start separating people by saying they are not as good as us because they don't think this and they right. don't think that. And we're going to war. And let's go kill some people. <laughs> so let's go kill them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's when it gets, I, I think religion in its purest form, you're right. It's about treating your fellow man. You know, you see that throughout. You see that no matter what what uh, religion, you, you see that, that you mm-hmm. treat others how you would want to be treated. You treat your your neighbor. With, I, don't, I don't know. My dad could quote you everything, but I can't. But even when, when, like, the religion goes bad, as you're talking about, that's still fear and this or that. Like, the reason you would go to war over religion is because you think that their religion means your religion can't be right. And so then you would fight them, right? It's a this or that. It's not a, we can all be in part of a system and together. See, and maybe that's it. So, so even you, when you're describing your chocolate, right? Uh-huh. You're making me feel like you would hate me if I go and buy those Kit Kats. But you know I wouldn't. I, you wouldn't hate me personally, but... Am I judging have, the people you in have line passion that have about, Kit Kats? You have passion about... And, and, and I... Do you know so, how many Kit Kats I have bought for my kids over the years? I know, like, but I know, I understand what you're saying because you're you're looking at yourself and saying, "I need to change this way of doing things because of the landfills and because of." But if you have that much passion for yourself, once you start doing that, you're gonna say, "Look, I did it. Why can't everybody else do it?" And as your neighbor pulls out his four recycling bins every Tuesday. <laughs> your one or trash bins you're going to be pissed about it like how many water bottles are in there and and is so i guess what i'm wondering about that is is that useful is it useful for me to be angry at my neighbor for buying kit kats although that's now this big metaphor for water bottles and everything else but like how useful is anger in this and separateness well your kit kat could be your christianity you're, I mean, you're, you're, no, you're, you're, I mean, you understand your, your chocolate, your, 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 or, or, or whatever, your, whatever you believe, if you're pushing it on other people, it becomes a problem. Right. So I'm trying to think of the neighbor with all the water bottles because that would be me. Okay. So I live next to Don yes. and he comes home from the store like every other day with a giant container of 32. teeny tiny water bottles. 32, uh, <laughs> yes. Because every time he gets thirsty, he drinks a tiny bottle of water and then tosses it in recycling. And what is my responsibility? You're judging me right now. I see your eyes. You're like, because <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth. I'm, I'm trying to think this through. So, but also, you know, when you think of racism, like, you're describing someone who's super racist at not that, no, oh God. But okay. it's all, it's all but about belief. Not... It's all about belief, right? 
Well, I, I would like to say that some of the sustainability stuff is based on science. Okay, whatever. <laughs> some of those racist <laughs> folks would say uh, that their stuff is based on science, that, you know, that, uh, that but, black people have smaller heads. And, you we've know. established that we're right on that and that they're okay, what, wrong okay, on that. Okay. But, but I'm tr- like, what is useful in that thing? Because if I say I don't like you anymore because I just can't bring myself to hang out with someone who uses so many water bottles, then for one thing, I am losing a big part of my humanity. Like right there, I lost it because I cut myself off from you. And I'm a really great person. And you are a really great person. I wouldn't want to not have you in my life. But you know, and maybe if you're cool about it and you're just like, hey, Don, I see you got a lot of water bottles, and you don't really say anything this, about. It. I got you this. Yeah, I got you this thing, and, then, and you keep giving me reusable <laughs> bottles, and it may last for ten. You may keep doing that for ten years, but maybe one day I don't need. You're like you go over my house, and I don't have the plastic water bottles anymore because I've seen you with your beautiful. And and I'm sure there are people who would say in the ten years of me giving you. <laughs> reusable water bottles not only has that been a a large number of reusable water bottles that i've given you but also a lot of bottles that went to the pretend recyclers that aren't even really recycling things because how many became bumpers for teslas (laughs) not many like seven percent right maybe they were my seven (laughs) percent but but so i'm and, and earlier I said, does anger have a place? Is it useful? And I want to amend that a little bit. See, I already know what I did wrong okay. already. And that is that anger is useful. Anger at that helps with movement. Like, um, I keep thinking of Tannenbaums. <sighs> royal Tannenbaums. Yeah, Royal Tannenbaums. Okay. And there's this scene where they have an intervention for one of the characters. Uh-huh. And they're like, you know confronting him about his drug use but it's 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 sort of a loving thing and afterward he they're they're sitting around together and he goes man that was nice how come we never (laughs) (laughs) how come we never did that (laughs) and that is like one of my all-time favorite moments in a movie because i think i see that and i'm like exactly like i want someone who loves me enough to be angry at me when i'm doing stupid stuff and say hey stop it and and do it in a way that lets me know I'm still being loved. And I think that's possible. Like, I think there's room for me to express frustration and fear. Like, if I can actually get out of my solutions and, exp- like, integrate that fear with what I'm doing and saying, then I can say things to you like, like, I could say to you, I get in this total panic when I see your water bottles. I don't even know what to do because... I am so worried about our future, and because we have a connection, and you care about me, then I would, sh- I would, if you, told you would me hide that, them from I me. I would hide them. For- but you know what? I, I would probably change my action eventually. Yeah. You would I think would about hide it at for- least. I would hide them for a while. You wouldn't dig into like getting a T-shirt that says, "I drink forty bottles of water a day, each one from a fresh plastic bottle." Ask me how. That's a big T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, you're on to something because, you know, I, I've been in situations before where my church, I had an issue yeah. with my church yeah. not too long ago, mm-hmm. my, my older church. It, it was a it was at a trustees meeting, and I had to say, you know what, I'm not okay with this. 
I've got because I love you guys, mm-hmm. because I love everyone here, and I look at this church as my extended family. Mm-hmm. This hurt my feelings. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. You know, if, if I didn't care about you, mm-hmm. I would just leave. Yeah, right? I'm sure there are churches that have that position that you'd be like, okay. Yeah, like like right. But I care. I want to be happy here. Mm-hmm. You understand? And I think that's that's with families. Like families, if they would just communicate. Yeah. You you understand what I'm saying? Some some people, families or couples, leave things alone and don't say a thing and they lose that connection and if they would just talk yeah and i think we have to look at society that way that it, so it's okay to get mad it's okay to express your feelings get mad yeah. or get sad in front you know I, i'll cry in a heartbeat like in front of people if yeah if, like when they write you letters <laughs> when they I, i'm I, when i see that letter i mean i, I would really was touched the fact that she sent me a letter yeah it's amazing so we'll send her a link to this podcast too so she knows Dr. Dolores Finger Wright wrote Don a letter. Yes. Which apparently is somewhere on his desk. And my desk is very messy. <laughs> and I wish my staff would just, if they love me enough, they would just say, Don, there's a letter. Clean, can you clean your desk? <laughs> we think you'd be so much happier if you clean your desk off. It won't work. Huh? It won't work. It will. Okay. What, what you were talking about at the beginning. That was not the introduction. Being able to explain what a feeling thought is, which I was trying to explain last night, and I was faltering in doing that, partly because it's something that I just know. A lot of women who've had to do emotional labor already know, and even if they don't quite have access to it, because it, it's something we put away a lot, but to get there is like a whole paradigm shift. And that's what we wound up talking about was that paradigm shift. And I think that paradigm shift, we could get more specific in the future and talk about what what it means to integrate your thoughts and feelings. And we should have let you go on more about <laughs> your feelings towards how, what, like when men do that to you. And we need to start talking about that because there's two things here that we're talking about racism, but we're also talking about the fact that our, 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 our relationship is two sided in the sense that I'm a guy. Right. right? And yes. you're a woman. And so there are things that you need to talk to. I can talk about things in the black community that piss me off that, you know, you know that mm-hmm. I struggle with. But what's awesome is that you can talk about things from a woman's perspective. You can talk to me. As the dude in the room, like I'm talking to you, like the, you the see, white. You talk to me like the white person in the room, but then you right. have to really talk to me like I'm the white person in the room, and like. But we're friends, so yeah. We're t- but you, you understand, so you can tell me about that, like, like, because people want to know, like, what you're talking about. Our audience is like, there's half of them are like, yeah, yeah, and they want to hear more about that because they're struggling the same way that men try to explain things like always trying to they 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 think that they're feminists they think that they're uh that they're yes there's a lot they're mansplaining and i know that i do i know that i'm like okay honey let let let, tell me what what we're gonna fight i'm I'm gonna fix this let's try to (laughs) i don't want you to fix it i want you just to i want you just to listen to me 
And that's something toxic we put on men, too, is this expectation that you keep the family safe in that way. And so when something goes wrong, you have to fix it because it's your job to be that shelter and that, but you know, it's it's not good for you or for... I would would say it's not my, like my wife, if if I think about it, she protects me more than, we're we're equal. You know what I'm saying? That comes up almost weekly. Does it really? Yeah, like, my wife pulls me away from this, or my wife would be telling me not to talk right now. But but I think growing up, you f- that's something, there's this fake masculinity that we do. We, we, we think that we are supposed to do this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we really can't do it alone, to be honest with you. No. We have to have this yin and yang thing happening, you know, and, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know what that is, but... Yeah, we we should talk more about that. I will try to, and that's hard. That's hard for me to do because it is like so deep in me that I don't want to upset. I don't want to upset people. I want, and this is something that, you know, is so deeply socialized into women in our society that you don't want to piss off men. Like you really don't. Um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but, but you know, like, I think most women know how to phrase things in a way so that a man says something and it's like his idea. But you know what? If if not, I hope I'm not mansplaining right now. Like, Are you right, mansplaining? You, you know what? I'm telling her, you know what, little lady? <laughs> <laughs> I've got the solution for you. Do you? No, you no. Please tell me. No, no, no. I'm saying this is, this is your, this is your voice. This is our voice. So this is yeah. if if not us, then who? Right? I I will I I just wrote a thing about how we talk about relational courage and that we will encourage one another. Mhm. Get it to I get to it. talk about these things. And it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be mad. Yeah. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, was recorded on Tuesday, October 29, 2019, and edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. It's kind of like a freaking Seinfeld episode where it's about nothing. Except we're nicer. We're nicer. (laughs)